Hey, this is Liz. This is Heather. This week, we are wrapping up Hobbit Month with part two of our book club on The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. There are spoilers. All right. Hit that music. Well, welcome back, everybody. We had quite the episode on The Hobbit Part 1. It was insane. So once we finished talking to Sarah and to Kevin, we had to have both second breakfast and 11 Z's, and then we took the longest nap. So we are back now to cover Part 2 of The Hobbit, uh, unfortunately, without Sarah and Kevin along. Wow, weren't they amazing? That was so cool. So we learned that uh, Bilbo lost his virginity to a spider. And <laughs> what mm-hmm. else? That's That was my takeaway. <laughs> that was my main takeaway. I was very excited uh-huh. about that. We went into really great details about the Riddles oh. in the Dark chapter with Gollum in the cave. And that was... I know. Bonkers. And then and the parallel between him going to Smaug and where he, he was forced to go forward towards the despair and the dread in the Hobbit cave, mm-hmm. or it's not the Hobbit cave, the Gollum cave or whatever the cave is. And him mm-hmm. actually making a conscious choice to do so with the dragon and kind of that growth arc there, which was very, very cool. I wanted to put that together. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you and I talk about books and we can we pull different themes out or we're like, wow, this was kind of interesting. But I've never had the mind for let's look at the symbolism and let's look at the theme and what is what is this underlying current here? I never would have picked out the virginity thing. No, since it's a kid's book. So, (laughs) So like bringing that in, I think all three of us were just like sitting here with like, wide mouth shock faces like uh yeah wow. so i that's <laughs> it really brought uh the hero's journey to kind of a better view for me overall because of that mm-hmm. i was able to really kind of quite understand it a little bit more as it almost was a coming of age story well that's the thing it's it's both and it can be both and a lot of times through the journey you you know you grow and you change like we saw that with Frodo you know he didn't so much grow but he definitely ch- you know changed by the yeah, end of the he thing he almost didn't throw the goddamn ring into the thing it was like you had one job well, that's you had one job that's because he's garbage um, he he's, is garbage Samwise would have just picked it up and chucked it <laughs> Well, what Sam should have done was pick it up and Frodo I, and chuck them both. Like we are done with. I this was over thing. Frodo ah. by the end there. Yeah, you know, because here's the deal: nobody's there because you know when you travel with somebody for a really long time and it's just like the two or three of you, like it's a real small group, and you don't have any. It's kind of like quarantine; like you don't really have anything happening, and nobody's around to witness anything. So if they fell in the volcano would you really well, know that's like a golem move though really or a smeagol move so well again you know he's kind of a horcrux for sam so yeah you know. anyway so let's get back to the second half of the hobbit because we did not intend this to be two parts but the conversation with sarah and with kevin were just too good to stop don't you love it though when they grow organically like that and she was like 
you are going to yeah. want to talk to this guy. And she was able to pop him on. And I'm like, I am so glad you brought Kevin on. That has literally never happened in the history of our show. And I kind of hope it does again. Yeah, it's just the, amazing. the weirdest thing we've ever happened is while four of us were recording around a table, a piece of mail came in through the front door and freaked us all out. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Your letter know, to Hogwarts just, is it here. Just, somebody like walked by my door <laughs> and slid a letter in and walked off and we're like, what the fuck just happened? Because we were right next to it. Anyway. Good times. <laughs> so anyway, back to The Hobbit. So pretty much, I mean, we did talk a little bit about the the parallel between when he's talking to Gollum and when he's talking to Smog and the the growth that we've seen in there. But there is a long, there's still a fairly long journey after they get out of Gollum's cave, which is kind well, of where we, we well, yeah. stopped fully talking. And uh, they still have a journey. We talked a little bit about Bayorn, but he's not, he's not super I, important I, I to the story, him. though I really yeah. did like him. I like him and I like the way that they dealt mm-hmm. with him. Um, yeah, so he feeds them and he helps them along. And one of the things that we see in the book is that, and, and it may not come in until much later, but while he's in Bayorn's garden, Bilbo picks up an acorn. Now it's an acorn almost the size of his hand because he's little and it's a big ass acorn because Bayorn's kind of a giant and all the, he's got giant honeybees floating around and all these things. It's just over, oversized. And that is actually what he takes back home with him and plants and becomes the party tree that we see in the Lord of the Rings well, movies. Shit, I don't remember that at all. Was that in the book? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's they put it in the Hobbit movie as well because there's a, you know, when Thorin starts to go crazy with the dragon sickness and he's just, you know, assumes everybody has stolen the Arkenstone, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to rip something out of Bilbo's hand, and it turns out to be this big-ass acorn that he oh, picked okay. up in okay. garden. So, you know, it seems like if you're traveling, you want to, like, pick up something the size of a rock and carry it with you. Good on you, Bilbo. <laughs> exactly. Nice foresight, sir. Well, Bayorn is nice enough to kind of escort yeah, get some them. horses. Because yeah. he turns into a big-ass bear. He gives them some horses or ponies or whatever. And escorts them to the edge of Mirkwood Forest. And then is like, yo, give my ponies back. Bye. And he leaves. And Gandalf kind of fucks off around the same time, too, as he has been wont to do through this whole story. He's like, oh, wait, you're about to go through some dark places. Yeah, I got to go check on those. This is better for short people. So (laughs) have at it. He's like, my my robe will get all messy. There's totally bogs and stuff. Like, I'm just, I'm just not down. I'm not that invested. And I think that is just Gandalf's uh, tag phrase. I am just not that invested. It's like, look, look, I totes would love to go, but I've got other plans. I will be back as soon right. as possible. Okay. So Paul actually sent me some stuff. He was telling me that he had been reading a chapter called A Quest for Erebor, in the Unfinished Tales by J.R.R. Tolkien. So this is something else that was probably after. found after his death and was put, you know compiled and put together. Some of these stories that were either removed or were written later for this. And basically what this is, the, the Quest for Erebor, which is the name of the Lonely Mountain, this is a chapter that really expands on what the White Council is doing right around the same time. We see it in the movies, but it it's not mm. in this book. And then Azog killing Thorin's grandfather is discussed in the chapter. Uh, so again, if you've seen the Hobbit movie, you've seen what the White Council is doing. But as of this book, 
the rest of them have they have no idea what's happening. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd point that out. So if you're interested in more info on where they got enough information to take this little 150 yeah. page book and turn it into three three hour movies, there you go. That'll give you some yeah. basis. So they leave the thing. Now they're in Mirkwood and they have been told stay off, stay on the path. If you lose the path, you will never find your way out. Pay attention. Don't touch the water. Don't drink the water. All the things. And so they go bumbling through as they are want to do. And uh, let's see. They all start getting kind of drunk or high on whatever's happening in the forest. They're so wandering. And then Bomber, who's the big fat one, he like falls in the water and then ends up in like coma for three days. They have to drag him everywhere. <laughs> so what foe are we about to face? The elves or the spider? Spiders. Spiders first, then elves. So yes, he comes along and he he's climbed a tree because he wants to see where the hell are we after they've been wandering for God knows how long. And so he climbs a tree and he can see the mountain and, oh, we've gotten a little off path. We need to turn around. And he's like, hey, guys, we need to go that way. And there's like no response. He's like, that's weird. And so he starts to climb down. And basically, I, don't, I can't remember if the spider like crawls over yeah. him, something happens. And he's got slipped his ring on. So he's not seen. But when he's got the ring on, he can kind of understand the spider talk because um, the ring likes evil shit. And apparently the spiders are evil. And so he kind of follows them and chases them down and finds that they have taken all of his dwarf friends and wrapped them up in silk, much like we saw at the end of uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings when Shelob has her thing. So I wonder if maybe these are like the cousins to her. Maybe this is where she came from. She I ran away from home so, and yeah. moved into the- I assume that they were related. She probably got stuck in a giant cardboard bag and just got transported like spiders are wont to do. Uh, um, I was thinking, like, <laughs> if Bilbo would just catch uh, catch that whole area on fire, maybe he could have prevented the problem that Frodo ran into later. Right. That would have been helpful. But, you know, it could have also been the opposite direction. Maybe all the spiders lived in Mordor, but once Sauron went away, they started to disperse, and they jumped on the Entwives, who have since gone mm. missing, mm. and uh, maybe they start their own forest. Who knows? All right. I guess anything's but, possible. Anyway. <laughs> This is when Bilbo decides to take his fuck stick of destiny out and bang a spider. I don't know. <laughs> so this is where he. I don't think my English class would work quite I as know. well as Kevin's. So day. he lost his <laughs> innocence by killing the spider with his phallic symbol, right? Yes. Yes. So as one does, I don't have I guess. a phallic symbol. This, this is a chopstick, man. If it's a <laughs> chopstick and a one ton, I'm all over that shit. <laughs> Ow. That's right. Spider goo. So anyways, he saves his friends and they are ungrateful as always. Uh, or some of them are like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thorne's like, yeah, I could have gotten here faster, motherfucker. It's like, what is your problem? I don't know. He's such a dick through the whole thing. And then, so then they're stomping along as they do. And in the book, they hear voices. Like they hear a party, what it sounds like. It's merriment and there's lights like from campfires and this. So they're following this sound into the woods. And every time they get close to where it is, it disappears. And it's somewhere else. So they're like being led by this little party of they don't know what. <laughs> this Bilbo's like, maybe we should go back to the road. They're like, we got to find out what the lights are. And so once again, he's got a ring on or he steps, you know, the hobbits can hide with a with a, without a ring because they're just tiny and nobody pays any attention and they're all dressed like foliage. <laughs> so they, they just kind of like my D&D &D character has this uh, natural 
what is is like natural world trait or I don't know something. And basically, she can be completely camouflaged by very small things. So like standing behind a twig, like I don't know. So the the dwarves have now been captured by the elves of Mirkwood. Now, if you recall from the Lord of the Rings, Mirkwood is the home of Legolas. That is where he comes from. So his dad is the king here in uh, of Mirkwood. So they are taken as hostile prisoners and dumped unceremoniously into dungeons, Mm -hmm. as you do, because the elves want their diamonds back. They want their white starlight gems back. Why they ever gave them to the king beyond me, I don't know. But Bilbo sneaks in and spends a couple of, sounds like weeks uh, in the book, spends a while wandering around the elf camp, palace, I'm not really sure. The elf stronghold, let's say that. So he spends some time wandering around, listening to things and stealing bits of food, I'm assuming for himself and trying to generally figure out how do I get my dwarves out of this before the 100 year mark. And he finally stumbles upon they're having some kind of a party or getting ready to have a party and they've got all these barrels of wine which makes not a lot of sense in the context because Legolas couldn't get drunk in Lord of the Rings but I guess he wrote it earlier and for children so long story short the elves drinky the wine and they get super sleepy so then they go to sleep which they also don't do <laughs> so they uh, Bilbo steals the keys lets all the elves or lets all the dwarves out and sneaks them down to the barrel room and st- stuffs them into barrels and then forgets that he himself probably should also be in a barrel, but he lets them all go because they drop the barrels into the river underneath where this room is. And then they float back down to Lake town. I liked that. They gave him shit for this plan. They were like, yeah, "Um, yeah, that's crazy. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Come up with something different. (laughs) Right. Did you have a plan of your own? (laughs) No, they don't think anything good of him pretty much ever like he's friends with like dory and nori or i don't know some of those but eh, like for the most part they're all just like uh he's baggage why do we keep dragging him i'm like he has saved your ass at least six different times and you have no regard yeah. for that whatsoever so that's that's annoying i would have been like all right fine Fuck, I'm fucking off, like Gandalf. <laughs> and you know what, though? He he kind of did. So good for him. Like, he, he finally, mm-hmm. and this must have been because he lost his virginity and got some um, confidence. He was like, yeah, 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 <laughs> let me just lock you back in and uh, you guys come up with your own plan. Yeah. All right. Have at it. And Exactly. You know, they're, he's like, you know, I don't have to be here, right? I have a ring and I'm invisible and I can go wherever. I mean, they don't know that, but I, I can go wherever I want and I don't have to stay here with you, but I'm doing it because I'm fucking nice. And that's, <laughs> that's some people. It's like, listen, I'm going to talk about you behind your back because we're ladies. <laughs> that's just how it works. But anyway, so he stuffs him in a barrel, forgets that he needs to also be in a barrel and just kind of, because he can't swim. Yeah, I don't understand why hobbits sink like a rock. They don't seem like that they're that heavy. It's not that they're heavy. It's that they are afraid of water. They don't do water. Most of them don't even do boats ever. Like Frodo's parents were killed in a boat. Like that's... He's never going to get on a boat. Maybe his parents should have not gotten a boat because they were afraid of it like all the rest of the hobbits. You would would think that that would be a thing, yes. But, you know, convenience in story equals dead parents. So, but like, for example, Gollum, you know, it's no problem with the water because his people 
because there were like three brands of hobbits to, to, to start like way back in the day. And, you know, they branched off and did different things. So Bilbo's hobbits went to the Shire and made gardens and smoke weed and drink a lot. I don't remember what the third group did, but the group Gollum's family belonged to was like the water people. So it was, you know, they they were much more into that than than the others. Anyway, so they try not to drown uh, while they're stuffed in these barrels. He's hoping he hasn't killed all of his compatriots because he's going to have a real hard time bringing home uh, his portion of the mountain if the, uh, all his friends are dead. So they uh, they end up just washed up on the shore. And they're like, these uh, wine barrels that are supposed to be empty sure are heavy. Ah, that's weird. We should go have dinner and get drunk right now. <laughs> so they do. And so now they can all escape and do their thing. And I don't know. Eventually they pop out and they're like, I am king of the mountain. Yes. I'll give you some stuff if you give me some stuff. And they're like, cool. Yeah, we're poor. We literally live on a lake because our next door neighbor it, our next door neighbor is yep. a dragon. So So I <laughs> still love Smaug how he was uh portrayed in the movies so in the book Mm -hmm. he really didn't have a huge like he was not an essential plot point of the entire second movie like he was right well and like even the rankin bass movie from the 70s he's fairly affable like he's just he's like "Eh, do you want to look at me fine do you want to take something sure i have plenty like he just he's not he's not concerned by this one little guy until he insinuates that they're going to take over that they're going to kill him and that he rode a barrel and now he's from Lake Town and so wow you know like and again that's a kid thing so i guess yeah. it's not really you don't want him to be super murdery but at the, again he really he wasn't. He was interested. Somebody he hadn't talked to anybody in a really long time. I'm sure. Yeah, I uh, like. I mean, somebody yep. comes by, you're gonna chat. Exactly. It's not like, yeah. What are you gonna do with all that stuff? <laughs> it's like I don't like you and your children, but you're here, and I haven't seen anyone in three months. So yeah, come on in. He used the ring here, didn't he, to get the stone thing that he was looking for? He used the ring a lot, but uh, Smog knew about the ring. He knew it, what it was. He could feel its power, uh, and he could pretty much find. Bilbo, like most of the hiding Bilbo did from him was his natural Hobbit hiding. Like I really, there's one scene in the the Hobbit movie and you know, it's when Bilbo is trying to tiptoe through the gold, which of course makes a ton of noise. And then the dragon starts and he just kind of like turns and sits like, (laughs) you won't see me here. And it's just like, I love that scene. He's like a spider. If I don't move, you won't see Mm -hmm. me. You don't see me. But anyway, so all the dwarves are chickens, even though they like big talk about how good they are and how warriors they are. They are hiding by the front door and uh, waiting for Bilbo to come back with some sort of trinket that proves he actually got down there. Because, again, they still don't trust this motherfucker, even though he has saved their butt over and over. And so one thing he did find was the Arkenstone, but he slips that away for later because Thorin starts to act like a total psychopath. Yeah, what is it with Middle Earth and, you know, mind-altering things that just get left around? I don't know. Well, and and again, I think what they what they explained it is is dragon sickness. Is when a dragon kind of lays around and hoards this gold, it just it's like its evil intentions kind of hang heavy in the place and anybody who's in there is going to kind of fall to greed and despair and all the negative he must be emotions. a bronze dragon. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. So he um 
He finally gets tired of Bilbo's bullshit and he busts out and decides to go murder uh, all of Lake Town. All right. You know, I, well, you know, she does. that yeah. would be your next. Like, you're kind of crazy. You've been sitting on this gold and these people just took it from you. I, That's right. Or they're trying, they're going, yeah, they're coming for you. I think this you. is a very reasonable response. Attack them before they attack us. Well, here's the deal. If you live in Texas and someone says, I'm going to come rob your house. You can go to their house and shoot them. It works. Yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right as long as you're white you can do whatever you want <laughs> yeah as long as you're white i'm sorry i i should have thrown that in yeah, there sorry as long yeah. as you're white and or a dragon <laughs> exactly yeah either way yeah so smog takes off and now the dwarves are just like swimming in the gold scrooge mcduck style like they're very excited they're looking everywhere for the arkenstone now when, you know, when they describe it in the book, you know, you're like, oh, okay, a big room full of money. And then, you know, the cartoon version, oh, big room full of money. Peter Jackson got yeah. a hold of this. And it was like, big room full of money. It was like huge. I know. This just, like, the whole cave is there. And I'm like, so, and what, you know, I get it. You're dwarves and now you're, you know, you're searching for gold, treasure and, at what point do you stop putting it on things and just start chucking it on the floor in heaps? Like, yeah. where, where does that come in? And like, if you come back from a hard day, do you just like dump your bucket of gold in, on top of the rest of it? I guess. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you have a forklift, <laughs> kind of kind of push it into uh, usable mounds. <laughs> it's, it's like the didn't like the dump where they just literally dump it and drive away they're like yeah it'll be there for later it would be much more efficient if it were put into cubes and palletized you know well you would think that would take up much less space (laughs) why do we need it in coal you know gold and you know coins and bullion and whatever else yeah you know and then there's like the random box of the star jewels that the elf king wants but they're in a box like (laughs) we're keeping your shit together so it'll be much easier for you to steal later it's fine (laughs) so they spend some time they're like we assume the dragon's gone because it's been like two weeks we haven't heard anything maybe we should go outside and see what's happening (laughs) Go outside. Lake Town is still on fire. It's like Southern California. It's just on fire just forever. They're like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. So they get the best archer, right? I forgot his name. Bard. Yes. And uh, luckily, Bilbo (laughs) noticed... A one particular spot in his scales that was lifted, that kind of glowed when he had his ring on. And so he Mm -hmm. just assumed that was a weak spot and not a... Well, no. It oh, was yeah. A it was hole. a hole in the scale. There was a there was a hole in yeah. his scales, like just one right over his. Yeah, that's you know, handy. Or whatever. Yeah, it's so convenient. This is the Death Star hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm thinking that would be the one place you'd probably want to shore up. I know. Like you got all this gold. Stick a coin in there, right? Well, gold's kind of soft, but you yeah. know, it's still. So, uh, yeah, Bard comes up to the gate and he's like, hey, so remember that dragon y'all set loose on our town? Well, he burned his shit down. But thanks to that bird you sent telling me about the thing, which I don't think they did that no, part they in the just, movie. I, I think he just yeah, saw it. Yeah, I think so, too. In the in the book, though, Bilbo tells the thrush and or the thrush overhears or whatever, and it goes and it tells bard because he can apparently speak bird uh he doesn't know that he's from dale apparently dale was all full of bird speakers i don't know bird talkers 
Yeah. Convenient. And uh, so, yeah, so they come up and they're like, listen, you guys promised us some stuff for helping you. We just want what you promised us. We're not here to try to make a claim on the whole thing, which is perfectly reasonable Mm -hmm. to do when your town has been burned down and you have nowhere to go because you're supposed to try to help the refugees. That's a theory, people. And uh, I think they're planning on moving into Dale, which is directly in front of the mountain. And it, it may, you know, it's, Makes sense. There's a lot of rubble you got to deal with because it's been demolished by a dragon. Oh, yeah. For, I forgot about that. Know, the dragon did 200 years or something. He did. I was like, how much worse could it get? This place is, is you know, what's left is is solid. This is good foundation. Uh, and then now that the dragon is gone, totally makes sense. Move right yeah. on in. And so Thorin, of course, being the benevolent and wonderful self-appointed king under the mountain, says... No, mine. I will kill you. (laughs) They're like, uh, dude, you promised. And then you sent a dragon to us. Yep. We just want our money. Like, we're not trying to rob you. Jesus. And this is when Thorin is just really getting out of control. And Bilbo's like, what? What Like, he's always been a dick, but uh, this is a super dick. Oh, and then the elf king shows up and he wants his shit. And he's mad because they broke out of his cell and apparently stole 14 barrels that meant a lot to him. I don't know. Uh, Probably just the shame of having a bunch of dwarves work their way out of your super secret jails. Yeah. And, uh, but he also heard the dragon is gone and he wants his, he wants his uh, bling back. So the bard and the king kind of hole up together in Dale and they're like, we're going to work together on this and we'll just tell him, hey, we just want what's ours. And so this, you know, about this time, Bilbo is, uh, he's struggling with the fact that he has found the Arkenstone and, you know, Thorne is getting madder and madder, thinking that other people have found it and are stealing from him, which is true. I mean, Uh, his paranoia seems valid. what happened. Yeah, Yeah, it's like he's paranoid, but he's not wrong either. Uh, This is when he catches him with the acorn or whatever. And he's like, you've been a good friend. And I haven't always been one. You've never (laughs) been one. And so he gives him this mithril coat of rings, basically. So this is, you know, going to turn away any blade. He's not going to get stabbed, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, Sure, sure. I'm not going to fight. So, you know, Uh, however, I uh, will take your gift. Thank you. Puts it on under his coat and then decides in the night to sneak out and run over and say, hey, uh, I got the Arkenstone. And that's the only thing that is going to get Thorin's attention. So I'm going to give it to you as my 14th share of the treasure. I'm like, have you seen how big that fucking treasure room is, dude? You are shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, so they're like, all right, we can we can totally barter with this. That sounds good. They go. And of course, Thorin yep. is pissed. He's pissed at Bilbo. He's just pissed in general. And he's ready to either hole up or fight. He sent that same bird off to his cousin Dane uh, of the hill people, mm-hmm. I guess, that you need to come and be our army. We've retaken the thing and people want it. And so they show up. So we're now into the battle of the five armies. So we have to think we've got the dwarves, we've got the elves, we've got the men. We're like, oh, where are the other two? So one thing I don't remember, because I've read this book dozens of times, you know, like from the time I was a little kid, I've read it over and over. I did not remember anything about Azog and Bulg, like the the demon spawn orcs, these massive orcs that are like following them in the movie. In the movie, they really highlight that 
I was like, well, that's an interesting subplot. Well, he was in there. They talked about Azog when they were talking about uh, Thorne's grandfather and Moria. But I just, I honestly, it did never really clicked into my brain. But when we read it this time, I was like, oh, they do mention him. So that makes sense. So the fourth army decides to show up as the other three have started fighting each other or one against two, I guess. So the fourth army shows up and it's a big ass army of orcs They're like, or goblins. And remember in this movie, in this book, they're all goblins because uh, we're still talking yeah. to little kids. So they have a fight with the goblins. It's not going well. Bilbo being the pacifist. Yes. Yeah. Coward that he is. I don't know, whatever. He slips on the ring and he goes and hides. Uh, he gets hit on the head with a rock while invisible and knocked out for <laughs> couple of hours and by the time he wakes up it's it's all good it's all done but they realized that there was actually a fifth army that showed up and that was the army of the eagles which i'm a little surprised if the eagles wouldn't fly you there and drop you off why would they then come fly there to fight people it's what's not in character but i understand again that this is a child's book and you have to have a kind of fun little resolution and it's you know they added that at the end of uh, of the lord of the rings as well when they're fighting in front of mordor so it's like all right this is what these are battle eagles they're not good for everyday conversation it's like the battle rhinos from black <laughs> panther <laughs> which by the way i would totally love a freaking battle rhino that it, it's almost worth joining the army anyway <laughs> Um. <laughs> if you got to run it like like the, i got a i got a battle rival yeah i'd be pretty happy about it <laughs> you know what if i could be one of the what oh. are they called the dora uh the women of I wakanda the that. um yeah yeah the, the battle the warriors yeah i can they they have a name i apologize to all the black panther fans stan stan lee i guess i don't know <laughs> i don't know who wrote it. anyway wakanda forever because we love it Anyway, so he wakes up and the battle is done. Uh, Thorin has apparently come to his senses before the battle ends and is, you know, fighting for truth and justice and whatnot and gets yep. killed. Or he's, I guess in the book, he's on his deathbed kind of thing. And um, Feely and Keeley, and I think there were a couple of others in the book that didn't make it. So I think they were down to like seven of their original dwarves by the end and then thorin dies but he he dies uh after making his friendship resolution with bilbo like i'm sorry mm -hmm. i was a dick and i'm gonna die so i'd like to die without this on my head he's like okay so then he dies and dane becomes king under the mountain okay that was a lot to do about like nothing at the end of the day <laughs> it really was it was like um yeah hmm. Okay. And then Bilbo just like, yeah, goes home, stops at the troll horde, takes a bunch, you know, some treasure and then gets back to the Shire. And again, Gandalf's like, yeah, well, I'm fucking off again. So see you in 60 years. Uh, put that ring away. I know. So. I, so when I was reading this, I was like, you killed the dragon. Are we really going to like, what else is going on? And I guess you just have to have a battle, a battle that the hero's journey misses, uh, you know, the hero and the hero's journey. Right. And so I was just so at that point, I'm actually not invested in the characters. <laughs> I know. You're yeah. like, wait. Like, yeah, I just don't want the dick to be king. Okay. Resolved. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. So exactly. let's make Bilbo the king. Oh, wait, that's, that's awkward. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to be uh, there. <laughs> yeah. That'd be weird. 
He's like, yeah, no. that's exactly what he would have <laughs> no, said. Thank nope. you. <laughs> he would just been like gone. Just take that one big step and turn around and disappear into the foliage. <laughs> so, uh, so Bilbo continues home from the edge of the Shire where Gandalf has left him and he's got his pony and he's got his gold and he shows up to find that his, his house and all of its belongings are currently being auctioned off. Because he has been gone for a year, and so apparently fair game. I know. I was like, yeah, this is kind of a dick move. Like, he's supposed to be a big deal, but whatever. Well, and then you've got the Sackville Bagginses who are trying to, lure, you know, loot the place. Yeah, and he had to buy his own shit back. He did. He had to buy his own shit back all over the Shire, which you think would pretty much have you know, taking up most of his troll money. But, uh, you know, like he walked in and they have people were like making holes in the walls because they had heard somewhere there was always some rumor that Bilbo had like tunnels and tunnels of gold. I'm like, where would he have gotten tunnels and tunnels yeah. of gold? Yeah, you know, like what? I mean, yeah, they might have been well to do, but they didn't seem like super fancy hoity-toity yeah. money. So who knows? So he buys all this shit back and he puts the the ring on a box on the shelf or on the mantelpiece and starts to write yep. his book. The end. And, the, and so that was kind of the way that the Lord of the Rings ended as well. In fact, it was a very similar story mm-hmm. just for grownups. Yeah. Well, again, it's there and back again. And, you know, we make it and now... What? Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun, um, it's a fun book. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'll pick it up and read it again. I will watch the movies again. Love the movies. In fact, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, what I love the most about the Lord of the Rings and the Tolkien is Peter Jackson's movies of them. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I guess I like the film better. I, I like how he imagined it really felt involved he captured the fantasy, I think. I think as far as, you know, we did this episode, it was like episode three, like as far as a book to movie conversion, you just don't get better than Peter Jackson's vision of the Lord of the Rings. But uh, yeah, so I love the movies on these as well. I do love this book and mostly it's the soft spot in my heart for it. So obviously I will continue to read it. It's funny because I, I started reading it to my oldest niece, when she was five or six. And we never got through the unexpected party, like the very first chapter, because that chapter is like a quarter of the book. It's just one chapter is super long, but she still to this day, like remembers the descriptions of the, the, you know, the dwarves having these long beards, long silver beards that were like tucked into their belts. And, you know, the just, I don't know, just the merriment and whatnot. So he wrote so well and he was so good at this descriptive language which i write and oh that's yeah fucking hard yeah. you know it's like how do i write this so you know what it looks like without being like look at this brown and white chair it has stripes it's a chair yeah i it's it that's i mean that is just a talent that's beyond me because i can't even put a facebook update <laughs> How, how do I describe this without describing this, but still describe it? I don't know. I like, I just, I can't, mm-hmm. I just do not have the written word skill or spoken. I have the written word, I but add. they're more my <laughs> words. So yeah, they're all yeah. my words. And it's, hey, here's this terrible thing I went to, but let me tell it to you in a funny way so that you don't just look at me in horror and go, wow, how are you still alive? <laughs> so yeah, so this yeah. was fun. I had so much fun doing Hobbit Month, which I think is what I just decided to call it. <laughs> Hobbit Month. I mean, it's it makes sense. It fits the genre. You you, you know what you're mm-hmm. gonna get. Yep. 
So this was a lot of fun. Thank you for indulging me on this for my birthday month. And uh, we do apologize for it taking a little bit longer than just September. But yeah, fuck it. It's Lord of the Rings. I talk about it forever. We had a full four episodes in September about Lord of the Rings. We just did not get a chance to finish up The Hobbit because we went so in depth uh, before. And so this is really just a bonus fifth episode. Remember when we did that for Shark Month? We've done it. Yes, we did. We actually did it for Bat Month too, but it was like three months down the line. Oh my god! We did god. the Hush the movie hush when it movie came out. A piece of shit. God, shit. such garbage. And it's such an amazing graphic novel. It's like how? Okay, so in the spirit of Hobbit Month, we got an email a a couple of weeks back from our awesome listener and many times guest. Kitty. We need to have Kitty on the show again, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we get, we do. I need to go and visit because she's in freaking Texas. One of these days I want to go out there so I can go to the Renaissance. So am I. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I would me. see you as well. You guys are on the opposite sides of Houston, though. And for everybody else out there, you don't of quite understand. That's a three-hour drive. That's the yeah. state of Delaware. Uh, Kitty's in Houston. Liz is in Houston. Three hours. Yeah. Different Houston yeah. area. Like, it takes an hour to get to Houston it's from true. Houston because yeah. it's fucking big. So, okay. So here's the email that came from Kitty. And then I'm going to read you the attachment she sent. So it's like, hey, guys, enjoying Tolkien month so far. Tell Liz I want to be a hobbit as well, because I identify as a hobbit. So second breakfast would be fantastic. Plus, I'm already shaped like a hobbit, and I hate to wear shoes. Me too. She said, uh, the attached just popped into my head while I was trying to sleep one night. Thought it might amuse you. Kitty. So this she has come up with Middle Earth's top 10 songs like this is their top 10 list i yeah i assume that it's like the billboard top 10 yeah so i don't know that that they're in a particular order but she sent 10 songs and i'm going to read those to you right now you said you were a tree but i know you (laughs) ain't by mary by pippin and mary shake in the shire by strider and the rangers yeah i like that one i bet it would be like holly jolly christmas but not christmasy yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't Put This Elf on a Shelf by Elrond and the Rivendells. Uh, <laughs> this one is One Tower is Never Enough by Sourman of Isengard. Uh, You're So Fine, But I Love My Axe by Gimli, Son of Gloin. Uh, oh, God. Urk Lach Naya Naya by Lurtz the Orc and his Orc Istra. <laughs> Uh, he ain't heavy. He's my Frodo. Samwise and the Seedlings. Uh, I don't want to wear your ring, Frodo yeah. Baggins. Me and my arrow, Legolas Greenleaf. Yep. And looks like just another gray day, Gandalf. Oh, yeah. That's cute. So anyways, there is your Middle Earth top 10 Oh my God, this is so funny. Because, you know, they really are, were kind of musical, especially with like the dwarf songs and The Hobbit was definitely musical. Oh, so, yeah. like, oh yeah, these are great. You got um, the one that likes his arrow, Legolas. Legolas. I, oh, yes. I don't know why I just forgot his name because it's a weird name. All right, just throwing mm. that out there. Weird name. Um, but it's like, <laughs> I'm thinking like BB King's Lucille, you know, <laughs> it'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Mm hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. steel guitar yep. kind of thing happening. Yeah, that's that's one thing we didn't talk about is kind of the difference with that addition into Jackson's yeah. Hobbit versus what's in the book. So in Jackson's Hobbit, there Legolas is there because obviously that's his dad, uh, 
the king there of Mirkwood is his dad. And then they have this elf, what is she? Yeah, Captain yeah. Lugard, basically, uh, played by Evangeline Lilly, who is lovely, by the way. And they, you know, they have this whole kind of romance thing with, you know, like a triangle, like Legolas wants her, the dwarf wants her, she wants Keely, like the whole thing. And none of that's in the book. But I think the reason that he probably did that was so that there would be at least one female character in this movie. Good point. Because in The Hobbit, there are exactly zero. No, the um, spider was female. Not this, not in this book. Oh, Jesus. That's in Lord of the Rings. In The Hobbit, there are absolutely zero female characters. Oh, well, that is a completely different coming of age story then for... Um... <laughs> than I was expecting. That's fine. I just was, did, yeah. Hey, yeah. We're, we're okay with that. Doesn't matter. He was a confirmed bachelor. And isn't that what they said that back in the day? That is what they said back in the day. Yeah. Think about it. Frodo was a confirmed bachelor. Bilbo is a confirmed bachelor. That's what you would call people in the 30s yeah. and 50s. Interesting. And their their roommate, Sam, who comes to do the garden. Oh, you know, I... So I'm totally picturing <laughs> Sean Astin when he was in that uh, movie where he wore the little tight uh, exercise pants because he was a trainer. Oh, <laughs> Fifty First Dates. Yes. Yes. So Fifty First Dates. So so that is how he gardens. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if you have not seen Fifty First Dates, yeah. do it. It's so funny. And his character is hilarious. Yeah. So. Oh, oh my goodness. All right. So I guess that wraps yeah. up Hobbit month for us. Um, is there something else we were going to talk about? Well, we were going to talk about the fact that we have um, joined the Age of Radio Network. Yes, we have been. Uh, we've been courted by several networks over the years. But but this one, we we got excited to jump on the bandwagon. Now, you'll notice that there are probably some ads mixed in with the um, episodes. And that's kind of part of the network. But also, as you would expect, revenue generating. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would yes. be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, and, but we will also be doing the promos for other Age of Radio shows as well as our other friends. But the cool thing is a lot of our other friends are now yeah. with Age of Radio. So if you're friends with, if you know mm -hmm. everything I learned from movies and home video hustle, what were they thinking? So there's a lot of really fun podcasts that we have been friends with for a long time that are joining this this network. And we're really looking for ways to grow the show and to grow our listeners. Shit, but also just to provide better content and provide what we need to do. You know, this the shit is it gets yeah, expensive. Yeah. So it'll, it'd be nice to have a little Offset. bit of that, you know, mm -hmm. target money coming in. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so that is going to be new to you, but we're trying to make sure that it's not abrasive. It doesn't cut in the middle of sentences, things like that. Yeah. Other than that, I still the same old show and we just got some new friends. Very, very fun. I'm excited for what's coming. You'll, you'll get to find a lot of new shows through that as well, which, you know, that just makes all of us better. And it just makes the world a little bit of a smaller place and bigger at the same time. All right, so we want to announce our next book club -ish, uh, episode that's going to be coming up soon-ish. We are going to be covering Untamed by Glennon Doyle. This is a memoir. Uh, and I think we've only done one other memoir. We did Felicia Days. Mm -hmm. I was reading this book the other day, and it just hit me on like 30 different levels. And I was like, we have got to talk about this. So I'm very excited to dive into something that's 
not exactly our usual fare, but that has a ton of good messages that really need mm-hmm. to be out there. Yep. And I'm dragging you guys on the road. So. All right. So read Untamed. It's available in most libraries. It is. That's the next book club. So definitely check that out and read it. It's a really quick. Like I finished it. I had to take my dogs out of the house for the exterminators to come. And I finished it in the mm-hmm. same day. It's not long. It's very good. So read that. Check back with us. We're also going to be having a really cool guest or two coming up very soon. Super excited about. And then we've also thought about some other ways to be more interactive with you guys. So one of the things that we have been doing over the past, well, I've been doing the past two years is we run a Facebook group for our reading challenge for, or it's a reading challenge group for our book club. And they are not required to read our books. But it's basically just an accountability page where people can pop in and talk about what they're reading, recommend books to others, pick up recommendations. And over the summer, we ran a summer reading challenge. If you remember back to like your elementary school days when they used to give you a summer reading list, and if you finished it, you got a you got an ice cream or a personal pizza, something like that. So we just finished that challenge up, and I wanted to shout out our grand prize winners here on the show. So we did a, it was a bingo card. So basically, if you participated at all, you're getting a sticker, a Nerdy Bitches sticker from us. Um, If they got one bingo, they're getting one of our buttons, because we have some really cute buttons. And then our grand prize winners are people who did more than one bingo. So I drew them, whatever. So grand prizes, we had a Bluetooth wireless speaker that went to Katie Kessler, a Nerdy Bitches coffee mug that goes to our girl, Chelsea Breer, up in Canada. We love her. Our tote bag goes to Sarah Rodriguez. And a t-shirt goes to Desiree Solorzano. So congratulations, guys. Thank you for playing our game. If any of you are interested in joining our reading challenge page, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash NBP reading challenge. Or you can just search Nerdy Bitches Reading Challenge page and you will find it. Um, Because we have a lot of of fun in there. It's nice. Everybody pops in and talks about what they're reading or they're like, oh, I hate that book or uh, I hate this author. We hate Veronica Roth, (laughs) whatever it is. It's just it's just a fun place. Yeah, I put a little snarky w- review just the other day. I saw that. Your your Hamilton one or the Eliza Hamilton? Yeah, I called Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, and James Monroe pieces of shit. Yeah, they pretty much were. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's also another thing that we've talked about doing and we would like your feedback on to see if you're interested in participating is we thought about starting doing some watch parties. So we have some ideas on that. If you think it'd be fun to watch a movie with us and play Mystery Science Theater, then that would be awesome. Let us know what you think. You can hit us up on Twitter at Nerdy Bitches Pod. You can hit us up on Facebook. Just type in Nerdy Bitches. Instagram at Nerdy Bitches. Yes, I highly recommend that we don't pick a movie that you're really vested in because we will talk over it and make jokes. <laughs> we so will be talking the first time a lot. You've ever so. seen it and you really like want to watch it. <laughs> this should be a, we're going to say this is going to be like old fashioned sing along yeah. rules. You can't get upset when everybody's talking through it because that's yeah. kind of the point. And I think people understand that, but we threw but we're throwing it out there. <laughs> throwing it out there and I like I want to do like I've got one in mind I want to do slumber party style where we just sit around and chat and it'll be awesome so yep it'll be fun yeah so a lot of good things coming and 
I guess we'll see you guys next time. Oh, did you have a quote this week? Oh, I did. It is from one of my favorite Twitter accounts at 50 Nerds of Grey. (laughs) It says, Gollum stared sadly as the woman of his dreams walked away, but it was his own fault. If he liked it, then he should have put a ring on it. (laughs) I don't know. I found it funny. It made me chuckle. Yeah. That was a good one. Oh, I had a different one. You want a you want a twofer? Yeah, want a twofer. This one is more about the movies, and um, it's just a Tumblr thread. So it's from George Knightley. Uh, he said, "Literally, one of the best things in The Hobbit was Gandalf constantly counting the dwarves like an exasperated teacher on a school trip." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And he's like pats them on the head as yeah, they walk yeah. by as well. So, it's, but it's he's like really shit at counting, just like the parents in Home Alone <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they try to do the head count. Like, all right, close enough. All right, well, I guess we'll see everybody next week and uh, get reading your book club. All right, later. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com.